This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Welcome to another episode of Unlocking Astrology with the key master himself, the one and only Samuel Reynolds from unlockastrology.com. He's the founder of that, a master astrologist. Hello there, sir. Hello. Hi, Karen. How are you? Good to it's see good you. It's good to see you. Look, you look like you got a little sun kiss and you look, you look rested and happy. I mm-hmm. feel your energy. And this is not astrology. This is just human beings vibrating. So mm-hmm. hi. Hi. So today, let me put this on the gallery. Um, we're going to talk about, there's a lot of talk about mer- Mercury and retrograde, which I think we've touched on before and eclipses. Why, why is that relevant now? A couple of different reasons. I mean, we're in the middle, literally, of eclipse season. So we had an eclipse um, the last week in May for the full moon, the lunar eclipse. And in um, about a week, literally a week, next, next week, we're going to have a solar eclipse. So, <clears throat> and the eclipses happen in what we call seasons, meaning that there is a time frame where we're in the same signs as what we call the lunar nodes. And the lunar nodes are not actual planets, but they're interception points or um, intersection points between the orbit of the moon and the imaginary orbit of the sun around the earth, which we call the ecliptic. And from the ecliptic, we get da 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 the eclipses, right? And so when those points connect, um, you know, and the, the eclipse, the uh, nodal points right now are between Sagittarius and Gemini. So when we're in Gemini or we're in Sagittarius, we're likely to have these eclipses. And eclipses wake people out um, historically. I mean, for thousands of years, because just imagine this, let me just give you the picture. Okay. You're out in your field, right? Let's say, you know, several thousands of years ago <clears throat> and you're, you know, it's brightest day. It's, you know, it could be almost like noon. And then suddenly everything gets dark the, the birds get quiet and you can't see anything. That would freak anybody out. Like, what is going on? So it became the imperative of people who observed the sky, early stargazers and astrologers, to figure out why is this happening? Are the gods displeased? And how do we anticipate this? So one of the earliest things we figured out related to astronomy, quote, slash astrology, were the eclipses. And eclipses are still seen as something, you know, either terrible or terrific or powerful. You know, one of the things I learned when I first became a Muslim, you know, some nine years ago, <clears throat> was or over nine years ago, was that there are duas, literally prayers related from the Prophet Muhammad uh, for eclipses. So there aren't many astronomical, astrological events that there are prayers for. But that came for eclipses. So eclipses were seen as, as serious events that even go back thousands of years. So um, and they, yeah, so how do they impact you know our behavior or what happens in the world? This is a scientific occur- occurrence, right? Yeah. So either the sun is coming, uh, what is it? The Earth and and whatever. I don't know. The, the lunar eclipses, solar eclipses, and something a planet is moving in front of the sun or the moon is moving in front of the earth so something's happening that is scientific what does that have to do with or astronomical 
Well, okay. that's always a question, right? I mean, there are always, I mean, you could apply that to any aspect of astrology, you know, just because it's an astronomical event, what makes it significant? And that's astrology. Astrology says these things do have significance. So <clears throat> an eclipse registers as an influx of energy that either with that influx of energy, it's almost like you're plugged in and either you feel it and it's overwhelming because sometimes it's too much of a surge of energy within your own personal matrix, which we, we call your astrological chart, <clears throat> or it becomes a way in which you experience an outage because there's ways in which you experience a drain because of certain things or configurations in your chart. So it is very chart specific. Not everyone is going to experience something significant related to an eclipse. Um, it depends on what's in your chart. So for instance, these particular eclipses have registered along the Gemini and Sagittarius axis. If you are a Gemini or a sun in Sag, or you have other placements like your ascendant is Sagittarius or whatever, um, these eclipses may be very significant for you. Um, and it can also register in other points in your chart. I'll give you an example. So these set of eclipses are similar in some sense to the eclipses that happened along that same axis about nine years ago. So as my own astrologer or one of my own astrologers, because I see other astrologers too, um, I was able to anticipate because the Sagittarius Gemini axis happens along my midheaven. I was like, something's going to happen with my career. You know, what's going to take off in terms of my career? Because my career was highlighted. And sure enough, I got a call from Ebony, ebony.com, to do their horoscopes, which kind of catapulted me in a whole different stratosphere. So, and... Well, all right. Yeah. Wait, so is that, is something going to happen for everybody? Or is no. it because of your particular chart? So we have to know yes. our chart to know yes. how the eclipse is going to impact us, whether it's going to be physical, whether it's going to be career, whether it's going to be love or whatever. Right. Okay. All right. Yes. So in terms of different areas of your life. So these eclipses, that's why it's really important to know your chart. And I know there's some astrologers out there, some of the pop astrologers who talk about, well, figure out where this is in your chart by house. And I don't always think that's as important in my opinion and my observation. Um, others can obviously disagree. Uh, but I think if it hits a particular planet in your chart or a particular point, it's going to register. The other thing that I think is important to talk about, and I have gotten more into talking about this in the last three years, a lot more people, including us, have gotten into doing particular rituals at new and full moons, right? So they want to charge their crystals or they want to kind of do their intentions related to um, lunation, which means a new or full moon. When you come upon eclipses during eclipse seasons, I'm going to say something very specific. Don't do that. Don't charge your crystals. <laughs> Don't do these other things during eclipse season at all. And when I say at those particular times, not at the new moon and not at the full moon. And when I say not at those times, meaning that day, right? You don't have to do it that day. You don't have to do it for the full moon on that day. Well, why? Well, like I said, they're high charges of energy. So it's kind of like you saying, if you're going to charge your crystals or do these particular things at the eclipses, like, 
oh, I want to get energy. Let me take this here butter knife and put it in this outlet and see if I can get some energy. That's the wrong way to get energy. It's not going to be effective. It's too much energy to come through. So that's why, you know, when people get into charging their crystals or kind of setting their intentions or any other kind of basic form of magic, because a lot of people don't really study magic if they're going to get into magic. I am not someone who's proffering getting into magic per se, but and I'm not denouncing it either, but know what you're doing. And when you're doing it during eclipses, that's not the thing to, to do. This goes back some 4,000 years. Ancient Babylonians wrote, like, for instance, one of the things they would do during eclipse season <clears throat> is they would install a fraudulent king, a kind of shadow king, so the real king wouldn't be affected at that particular time. Now, we might say, like, that's bad you know, or whatever. But here's the thing that's interesting. During 2017, when we had the Great American Eclipse, meaning that the eclipse- Was that, the, time, was that the one where Trump was looking into it and he was supposed to have on the glasses? talk about him. That's okay. exactly right. Now, here's something that's interesting about that. So that particular eclipse was at 27 degrees of Leo. <clears throat> he actually has, Trump, I should say, has 29 degrees of Leo rising. So every astrologer was kind of looking like, how would this affect Trump? You know, what might come up with it? So one of the things that was interesting is that around that time is that um, the person who was trumped up or actually pushed up as kind of like the, the kingmaker and who was kind of like put as the patsy was Steve Bannon. What happened to Steve Bannon? He was sacrificed on that particular, you know, that around that particular time. And when I say he was sacrificed, obviously he wasn't murdered, right? But he was sacrificed as having been the advisor, the kingmaker, the other person related to Donald Trump. So these are the things to consider. You know, some people, um, you know, it's not clear whether he actually has an astrologer, that means Trump, but you know, we long have suspected that he does. Um, so that's just an example of the practice and even <clears throat> some of the ideas associated with eclipses. So when people get into like wanting to do particular things around that time, they have to be careful. And that's why I think it's, it's fundamental that you should know your chart so you know where you, you fit. Because the next set of eclipses that start coming after June 10th <clears throat> is um, in November. And so that one is going to be um, the first one we have toward the, the middle of November is going to be at 27 degrees of Taurus. I think that's a lunar eclipse. Now, that's significant because that means the eclipse seasons are going to start to change going from Gemini and Sag more to Taurus and Scorpio. So they're going to go more to our signs. Right. What does that mean for us, those of so, us Taurus? This is where it's important to know in relation to your chart, it could either be a surge, right? Where things kind of, you know, buoy and accelerate, or it could be some kind of outage, you know? Now, how that plays out is sort of how you play it out. I'll give you an example. So last year, um, during the eclipse season, uh, I knew that, that same kind of eclipse was coming to the, the, to my midheaven, to the part of my chart that deals with career, but it was an outage. So I was like, oh, I better be careful. So I was on Twitter and I kind of attacked someone um, 
who I thought was a, a scamster, who was not at all. I was in the wrong. And I lost a good number of followers about that. And I had to eat crow. So it was, it was an outage. It was relatively benign. And we, we stopped some measure of the hemorrhage, me and my team. But it was still a thing. Right. And let me so, say this, you know, your ability to admit um, that you did something wrong and apologize for it and make amends is so not uh, where we are right now. And it's so where we need to be. People need to just own their stuff. So I just want to applaud you for that because I don't care enough. Uh, but yeah. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I mistreated someone. And but at the time I was utterly convinced I was right until I saw I wasn't. And I, th I think, but had I heeded my own advice, I might've like, yo, slow your roll. This may not be what you think it is. Why are you going in that direction? Well, you didn't know that that was gonna be the outage. So- Well, I didn't know it was an outage. I knew I could suffer some damage. Like I've seen this with many clients. There's one particular client who's well-known um, that's all I'll say about them, but they're well known and they also, also suffered an immense hit some years back during when the eclipse was kind of close to their midheaven or also close to their sun. And so, and this is something that we talked about. And so they had to get off of social media for a while until they convalesced their career and their reputation. And now it's doing fine. Where, where, um, where's the midheaven? The midheaven is at the top of the chart. It's so it's like comparable to noon, like being right above us. Mm -hmm. So the midheaven is really at the top of the chart when you go more so toward the, you know, clockwise. And what does way. it mean when you're looking at, so my sun sign is Taurus, right? That's my right. sun. My midheaven. Now we, we do have a chart for you, right? But if we were just going to go by your sun sign, right? That means then at the top of your chart should be, would be, if, if we were talking about you being a Taurus rising, Aquarius, right? So Aquarius would be at the top of the chart. So that's, you go from Aquarius and then we go Pisces, Aries, Taurus, and then we go down. Now there's another axis that has the opposite end of that, which is Leo, which is the IC, which is more so related to home, sense of, you know, sense of family, one of your parents or both of your parents, your ancestors, your home in, in the sense of your land, even your ancestral home. So those are the the things that we, we would look at in terms of that axis. So, so, so that depends on when you were born, if we're looking specifically related to your chart. Okay, so the eclipse being in Taurus or Scorpio, which will it will be in November, Yes, will directly impact somebody who has a sun sign in Taurus or Scorpio. Absolutely, and well, within that range. So one thing to know, let's say someone was born on the first day of Scorpio or the first day of Taurus may not be a big deal for them because this is going toward the end of, of the sign. One thing to know that's weird about the, the nodes, they move backwards. And that, yeah, but when, it goes, when it goes from Gemini, it's gonna go into late Taurus. It's gonna be like, gonna go 20, it goes from zero Gemini to 29 degrees of Taurus rather than going to zero degrees Taurus at the beginning. So they actually go backwards. So eventually within those 18 months that we're in that season, that person who's at early Taurus or early Scorpio, they will be affected by those eclipses. All right. So I'm the 24th of April. So I'm not getting hit from the, from the door. I'm yeah. not getting hit from the door. But I'm, I'm more likely to get it. I'm at the end. Okay. okay. All right. And whatever that it is, could be good or bad. It could be good or bad. It is something 
that's registered in your chart. And you know, when there's an wait, outage- wait, wait, one, more, one more thing. So it lasts for 18 months, this- this The cycle, yeah, because the, the nodes stay in one particular sign for about 18 months. So the eclipse seasons that happen either along that axis run along that, that particular time period. So another example I can give you is when we had the wolf blood moon in January, whatever that was, and I don't like these corny names, right? I mean, I, I am calling them corny um, because some of them are supposedly from Native American culture. And I'm like, which one, right? No one ever identifies. We just want to kind of broadly call something Native American without recognizing like we have all these different nations and no one nation kind of called the moon any one particular thing, right? They didn't all get together and they, I think we should call it wolf moon. Yeah, I think no, that didn't happen. But um, that one particular moon that happened in 2019, I was keenly aware of that one because it was close to my, my ex-wife's now ex-wife's moon and mine. We had joint very close moons. And with it being in my moon, I was like, oh, I have to watch my health. But I was like, it also could signify my cats or our cats. And so sure enough, our cats started getting sick within you know, a month of that eclipse, which you know, usually an eclipse takes about a month to start manifesting in someone's life. Um, doesn't always have to be that, but it could be that. And the, the cats started getting sick and by um, May, well, I should say by July of that year, we had lost both, uh, two of our cats. So, and the other cat had to get surgery, emergency surgery in order to survive. And he's, he's doing fine now. Mm, so, so, but I could anticipate some of that and was somewhat prepared. Mm. So that's the benefit of dealing with these eclipses. But I, I specifically wanted to let listeners know to be careful with, you know, in the broad sense, doing magic or, you know, intentions or whatever they like to do during these, these eclipses. So during the, the solar eclipse, you know, they, they all need to be careful. So um, uh, the next, that's, that's so the June 10th. where's the best place to go find where, when eclipses are going to happen? Is there like a go to eclipse.com or something? <laughs> that would be nice. Um, there is uh, different websites, astro.com, um, to get like a, you also can get calendars, astrological calendars, Llewellyn calendars, one of my favorites. Um, there's, uh, yeah, <clears throat> any kind of place where they have particular apps. And I know that they talk about this on some of these apps like CoStar and things like that too. Okay. All right. Yeah, but oh, the next so one is June 10th. June 10th. And uh, it was my wedding anniversary. The, um, I wish I had a, a chart then. So the best thing to talk, get, get your chart, um, get your chart done. And then yeah. based on your chart, you'll know whether there's going to be a power outage or a power surge. Uh, but don't put, a butter knife. don't put a butter knife in the socket. Is right. the Exactly. That's kind of the, the, the wisdom. And the, I guess the last thing <clears throat> we'll touch on is the mercury retrograde and just to be clear, and just to be a little bit of a grammarian for people, it is not Mercury in retrograde. Mercury's not a car. He rules cars, but he's not a car. He doesn't go in park. He doesn't go in reverse. He doesn't go in. So it's either Mercury direct or Mercury retrograde, right? Or Mercury retrogrades, right? That's the start of his, you know, his action. Um, so Mercury retrograde means from the Earth's perspective that Mercury appears to be going backwards. 
we astrologers know he's not literally going backwards. But what's happened is that Mercury takes 88 days to go through all the 12 signs of the zodiac to complete his whole year. So <clears throat> what happens is that he's really starting over. And it just seems from our perspective, because now we're just you know trugging through Gemini, that, oh, he's going backwards. Well, really, he actually is starting over and coming up toward us and catching up. And then he will surpass us again and he because he'll be ahead. So this is his cycle. And as he goes toward his retrograde, he's also going toward a renewal point. So it's like a new moon. So when people get freaked out about Mercury retrograde, they're actually just being caught up in um, awareness or just like, oh, I have to be aware of Mercury retrograde rather than what I think Merc Mercury retrograde really calls for, which is to be aware. So it's aware of how you communicate. It's redoubling some measure of your efforts. This is where you have to be extra careful in terms of just running on automatic. So for instance, if you leave, you know, 90 minutes only to get to JFK during, you know, usually most times, right? If you're in New York, then maybe you might actually take two hours or two hours and 30 minutes during a Mercury retrograde to make allowance for other things that may be happening, right? Rather than assuming everything's gonna go a particular way. If you and your loved one, your partner usually text, then what might be necessary during a Mercury retrograde is to get on the phone and talk. So you don't have like that key and peel episode where one is texting, you can't interpret tone and the other one's like, oh yeah, all right, blah, blah, blah. And, you, and things escalate. Right. So it's a way to renew, change up, think about what's happening in your communication or in all things that relate to things Mercury. Mercury deals with three comms, I call it. Communication, commuting, and commerce in terms of how we think about things going from A to B. So those are what need renewal rather than your fear. And when is the, the retrograde over? This one? Um, this one is going to be, I'm blanking on the date. I believe it's June, I want to say June 21st. Okay. It's close to that one. All right. Yeah. So we're, we're, yeah, it's only three weeks, right? It's only a three week period. Did you, the whole lot could happen in three weeks, Sam. Well, a lot can happen. I mean, um, so for instance, some people talk about something called the shadow, which is just a few weeks before Mercury begins his retrograde. So things can get wonky. You can have problems with your computer, right? Things can get tripped out. You know, is that what happened to me? Yes, it did. Oh, I wasn't that surprised by it. So the thing, you know, in anticipation for Mercury retrograde, this is where people have to be sharp and, you know, and all things related to Mercury, where they have to back up their computer, you know, maintenance checks. This is where you might check it for bugs, you know, in anticipation. Uh, you know, I've gone through it myself. I've had to replace a hard drive during a Mercury retrograde. And that's why, to this day, most of my important files are saved on cloud. Yeah. Right. So uh, that yeah, I don't ever have to deal with like if my computer goes out, it's like okay, well, some of the stuff I just downloaded may have been gone, but other things are already put somewhere else. Or if you want to, you know, don't want to deal with clouds for whatever reason, which I understand, you back it up on a jump drive or whatever you want to do. That is great advice. Um, as always, you are a su such a gem. 
I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. And, you know, maybe he'll carve out some time for y'all to get your charts read at unlockastrology.com. And you can follow him at Unlock Astro on the That's Twitter right. account. That's right. You're back. You're back on Twitter. back. All yeah. right. Let me say thank you. As always, thank I you. appreciate you. And I will see you next week, Samuel Reynolds. Inshallah. Yes. Bye.